It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Cedric Granger. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Fan, presented to you by J&K Contracting. My name is Cedric Granger, and I'm joining you on Tuesday, August 23rd, on quite a nice sunny day here in Athens. So on today's show, we'll talk a little bit about the TVC Ohio, review the Cincinnati Reds series against the Phillies, as they're in the game number two of that one. We'll talk about Jesse Bates' contract, college football week zero, and end with our hot takes. And I do say we, not only because it's just me, but it's also Michael Roth. Michael Roth, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Cedric. You know what? Uh... Good to be back on the show after an eventful Friday night here in Southeast Ohio. Yeah, it seemed like there was a lot of action going on, a lot of upsets, and we thought the TVC Ohio might fare a little bit better, but they didn't do too well, only having two teams be able to pick up victories in NY and Alexander. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on that sort of record? Did you anticipate the week going a little bit better for the TVC? I think the only surprising loss that I saw for the TVC Ohio was Vinton County. Um, and I guess you could throw Wellston in there as well because Wellston blew out their week one opponent last year. It was the same opponent this year, and the roles were reversed as Wellston got shut out. But I think Vinton County is the one loss that if you're in the TVC, you're like, wow, like that really surprises me. You know, they beat them last year. Uh, Unioto loses star tight end Tavian Galway to transfer to Chillicothe. Uh, they bring back a couple members of their offensive line. Obviously, losing Zane Carr was big for their rushing game, but I just felt like Vinton County was just going to be more physical up front, and to not score until two minutes left in the game, that loss surprised me. Yeah, do you think uh, it could be some of a wake-up call sort of situation where you might have a team in week one, you kind of think you're the best team out there, you beat the team last year, and you're like, hey, this is going to be too hard of a matchup, and then you come in in week one, and the other team just plays a lot more physical because a lot of those players, they remember those losses uh, I think back to my high school career where we lost a week one game my junior year, 56-14. to 14. It was a very ugly loss. And the next year, the other team was pretty cocky about it. They were trash-talking us as we were walking into the stadium. They thought this was going to be a really easy win. Uh, all the previews said that that team was going to be at the top of the conference, and we kind of took them by surprise. So you think sort of that situation may have occurred? I don't think if you're Vinton County, you can be that confident when you got new guys at the skill position spots, new quarterback, new running back. Um, I, I just think that maybe their offense just wasn't able to do what they kind of thought they were going to be able to do. Um, and, and the defense made some stops. They gave up 20, uh, 21 points after only giving up 70 Unioto last year. But Unioto returned their quarterback. They returned their number one wide receiver who's got a chance to break a school record in receiving yards this year. So Unioto had some pieces coming back. I just think that um, Vinton County, maybe they don't have the skill guys that we thought they would to replace who graduated. And also maybe uh, you just got to get a little bit more creative with the offense. Um, you know, Coach Carper, defensive guy. Um, defense didn't really let him down, but maybe there's some way that he's able to get that offense flowing better because they're going to need to score more than six points if they want to compete for a conference title. 100% right. And Vinton County, they'll match up against Rock Hill coming up this week at the end of the week on Friday. And 
We'll move on to some of the other teams that had a little bit more success. The two winners, of course, Nelsonville, York, and Alexander, NY, got a pretty good win over a very young Trimble team. That game was called on WXTQ. Um, is that a result that you were kind of expecting, or you think that, uh, again, Trimble's just a young team, and, and this is like a tough out just to have Nelsonville, York week one? Yeah, we did. Uh, on Thursday, uh, Carl and Kate, we were doing picks of, Every game, Carl and Cade sat out of that pick because they were going to be broadcasting it. But I picked the Buckeyes to win by two scores, um, and it was pretty much two scores. I think final 16 nothing, so like technically two scores, um, but really more like three scores. Um, I just think Nelsonville York, more experienced team, um, best player on the field, sounded like it was Leighton Logie. Um, quarterback, really dynamic, and just up front, they were more physical than the Tomcats. They're bigger. Um, triple lost. A lot of production that they had and I think it's going to be a struggle the first like three or four weeks for them so yeah I definitely expected Nelsonville York to break what was a four season losing streak to the Tomcats I do believe and get that victory which they did get at Boston Field on Friday night so coming off of that victory Nelsonville York has a pretty tough out they're going to go to Newark Catholic a team that's pretty hungry to play some football they didn't get to play Bishop Reedy in their first game as storms and bad weather uh, ended up being their demise uh, for their game. So it should be a really tough matchup. Newark Catholic, their team that runs the ball, of course, makes a hack. It's one of the best running backs uh, in the nation, at least in Ohio, which is our nation. And, uh, again, it could be a tricky matchup. How do you see Nelson the York bearing? Yeah, I, I think you have to consider Newark Catholic the favorite, but I think the Buckeyes are going to make it more competitive than it was last year. You know, Newark Catholic – graduating their quarterback, also having a little bit of drama within the coaching staff. After their coach stepped down, they hired a new coach, and then he was released from his duties. And then Coach Aiello gets brought back to coach Newark Catholic. So still a familiar face in the building, but he was gone for a few months at least. Um, Newark Catholic just has a lot of pieces to replace. Also, like you mentioned, they didn't get that week one experience that Nelsonville York has I still consider the green wave the favorite but if you're a Nelsonville York fan I think if you lose by more than two touchdowns I don't think you're going to be too happy and I think that is saying a lot after I think they lost 38 to 14 last year um so I definitely think that Nelsonville York should be looking to at minimum cut down the deficit that they faced last year yeah and just try to compete all the way through I believe it was a uh, Cole Cantor who was the uh, quarterback uh, for the newer Catholic team, and he was pretty dominant in that matchup. And then going on the road, that's going to be a little bit trickier as well, but definitely something that Nelsonville York can really gauge how much progress their team has made from year to year. Uh, that's one of those few measuring stick games that they lost last season that they can be able to potentially see how much they improved this season. And then moving on, we also have Megs and Athens, who both in these first two weeks are matching up against Gallia Academy. Megs fell to Gallia 7-44 to at home. It was not close. And now Athens has a tough task of going to Gallia Academy. Yeah, you know, the Bulldogs are going to be underdogs once again in week two. But like you mentioned, last year against Viola, they got shut out. And then this year it was only one touchdown, but they got on the board. And then last year against Gallia, they also got shut out. I think if you're an Athens fan, you, you should really be hoping for uh, two touchdowns and to at least stay competitive through four quarters. I don't think the Bulldogs are going to win this game, but if you walk out of there with like a 28 to 14 score, that would be something that Athens can hold their head high on. So I think just 
getting more consistent offense from Landon Wheatley. Uh, you saw it firsthand. It seemed like the passing game was working a lot better than the rushing game. Had a couple nice passes downfield. Just getting that more consistent is going to be a key. You can obviously speak more on how you think the Athens passing attack is going to look in week two. Yeah, Marcus Stevers had an absolutely phenomenal game just being able to get open and be a really big deep threat. He's the one who kind of takes the top off of the defense, forces the safeties not to have to hang around in the box. But I think um, it'll be important to see when I go to practice tomorrow uh, whether Alex Pirro is back because he's a big factor in the run game. He's the speed element of their backfield, and not having that was pretty tricky against a pretty physical team. If they could have tried to outflank them with Pirro, maybe getting to the edge or maybe trying out some screen passes, I think it would have really helped that a lot against the really talented linebacking core of the Electrics. But one thing that's really important for Athens, of course, is just to, again, show that improvement against these first couple of teams. There's going to have a lot more matchups that are going to be ultimately important to how the season goes uh, once they get into TVC Ohio play. Uh, so the key here is just, again, showcase what you can do. Uh, I'd like to see Landon Wheelie just take that step up. Um, we've seen the ways that he's been able to improve. He had a great scrimmage against Trimble, and then he had a few passes that he missed on. So I'd like to see him just become a little bit more consistent with that. And then also the receivers uh, just got to show a little bit more bravery over the middle. There was a lot of plays that were uh, post patterns or slant patterns. Uh, where they just were unable to connect. So it might come down to the receivers just being a little bit braver over the middle and just trying to make sure to catch that ball, even though there may be contact from a safety or a linebacker. That's something that will definitely be huge for Athens going forward. And then Megs, I think they'll probably get their first win against Belpre as Belpre lost to Warren 62 to nothing. That was an ugly showing. And Megs may have a shot to be able to pick up their first win. Yeah, I think if you're the Marauders, you have to win that game. You know, Belpre down... 34 to nothing after one quarter. That's probably more telling than the final score. Um, this is a Belpre program that is struggling defensively last year and in the first game this year. So if you're a Megs fan, really just want to see them put points up on the scoreboard this Friday. Yep, and then running over some of the uh, last teams that we didn't get to talk about, Alexander, they won 14 to 13 in week one over Eastern, Pike County Eastern to be specific, and they'll play against the South Point Pointers who are 0-1, who lost to a team from Kentucky. So maybe Alexander could try to fight to get to 2-0. and It would be pretty impressive almost to their win total from last year. They went 3-7, and I believe, last year. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they beat South Point in a tight game in Albany last year. So rematch should be competitive once again you know this is the alexander squad that they they make their non-conference schedule where they can get some wins you know i remember i think it was my sophomore year back in 2019 it was like 3-0 alexander versus 3-0 um athens i think so like this alexander squad they have historically gotten off to pretty solid starts then uh, once they get into conference play sometimes those tougher opponents get them but it's always good to build confidence because you never know what's going to be the year that you really break through and finish like second or third in the conference yep, you never know as other teams that also matched up in week one wellston and river valley both lost uh zero to 27 to oak hill and zero six to 21 to reedsville eastern respectively wellston doesn't get any easier as they got to go against the fairland dragons which should be tough and then river valley will match up at South Gallia. So that takes us to our first break. When we come back, we'll cover some Cincy sports on the Sports Fan. We've all got it, you know, that one crazy thing you've always wanted to do, that bucket list goal, then a cancer diagnosis, and that one thing still goes according to plan. 
should know, I'm getting my first tattoo right now. While my three beautiful daughters laugh hysterically at me. 58 years old, four years of cancer-free checkups at Ohio Health. Go ahead and get a picture, girls. You keep making plans. Visit OhioHealth.com slash keep making plans. Joey from Vermont. A farmer trying to get through the winter. Adriana from South Carolina. A single mother living paycheck to paycheck. Liam from Ohio, an injured father struggling to provide for his family. Hi, I'm Shinola Hampton, and I support the Feeding America network of food banks because they help provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. This Friday, your Athens Game of the Week features the Athens Bulldogs taking the road to Gallipolis, Ohio to take on the Gallia Academy Blue Devils. Can Athens bounce back from a week one loss to even up their record? Find out this Friday. Join Matt Frazee and Cedric Granger on the call. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.45 p.m. on 970 WATH. Live and local, the sports fan. On 970 WATH. Welcome everybody back to the Sports Fan. Cedric Granger joined by Michael Roth here on this wonderful Tuesday in Athens. And we're going to do a little bit of a Cincinnati sports segment here as we'll have some Reds action as well as some Cincinnati Bengals news coming up on this segment as the Reds will match up against the Philadelphia Phillies. Reds coming in with a 48 and 72 record and are in the midst of their four-game set with the 67 and 55 Phillies. The Phillies are firmly in the wild card race in the National League right now at 67 and 55. They are in the fifth-seeded spot currently, right behind the Atlanta Braves and right in front of the San Diego Padres. And they'll be fighting with the Milwaukee Brewers to make sure that they can keep that. Uh, the Phillies are a pretty solid team. They beat the Reds last night 4-1, to and the Reds will have a chance to try to even things up behind Nick Lodolo, who is 3-4 on the season, boasting a 4.12 ERA, and he'll be going against Ranger Suarez, who is 8-5 and, and has a 3.31 ERA, and is looking to get strikeout number 100 for a season tonight. He's at 97 for the season. So, again, it's been just a really tough year for the Reds overall as it seems to be the loss is just piling at loss after loss after loss. Yeah, you know, the Reds obviously have struggled this year. They got two out of three from the Pirates over the weekend. Couldn't get game one against the Phillies. And, you know, this is just a series where if you're a Reds fan, try and play spoiler to a Philly squad. Right now they're tied uh, for that second wild card berth. They're game and a half up uh, in the playoffs on the uh, Brewers who are chasing them. So it, it's going to be interesting to see if the Phillies can get back on track because they had just lost three out of four to the Mets before taking game one of the series last night, four to one over the Reds. So this is really a big series for the Phillies to get back on track, give them maybe a little bit more breathing room in a very competitive NFC or National League uh, wildcard race, jumping ahead a little bit too much with the <laughs> NFC talk. But... Yeah, just another chance for the Reds to try and play spoiler and see if they can get a little bit of momentum heading into the end of the season. Yeah, they definitely have a shot, too. The last time they did play the Phillies when Nick Lodolo started, he also did go against Ranger Suarez, and it was a pitcher's duel in its truest form. It was a scoreless game 
uh, especially through those first seven innings where both of these starting pitchers uh, did most of their work. Uh, Suarez, he pitched seven scoreless innings, only yielding three hits. And Lodolo did pretty well, matched him tit for tat, pitching seven scoreless innings himself and striking out eight. It was a pitcher's duel in its truest form, and the Reds ultimately won 1-0 in the ninth inning. So that's a little hint for what will be my hot take a little bit later tonight. My surefire hot pick will have something to do with that game. Based off of recent history, I think it'll still stay a low-scoring affair, potentially taking the under hint hint. Now, moving on to the Bengals, Jesse Bates ended up having an adjustment to his contract as he has been franchise-tagged and is set to be paid $12.9 million for the fifth-year safety. So, should be good for the Bengals to at least have him for one more year, but this may be the last one. Yeah, you know, the Bengals got a pretty solid secondary, nice uh, little trio of safeties that they have this year. Obviously, you want to retain uh, your, some of your top players, Jesse Bates was one of those guys, kind of was a guy who was producing for the Bengals even when stuff wasn't going great for them. And even though it looks like this is going to be the last season that Jesse Bates is playing for the Cincinnati Bengals because, um, like you were mentioning on air, some of these young guys are going to have to get paid eventually. And if you got a talented young team, you're going to have to let guys go. You can't pay everybody, especially after you make a run to the Super Bowl, a dude's prices go up, okay? That's just the way the NFL market works, and it seems like Jesse Bates' price is going to be a bit too hefty after this year, but if you're a Bengals fan who wants to compete in the 2022 season, this was a very positive move because I think Bengals fans were confident that they were having Jesse Bates, but whenever you got a guy holding out, you can't be 100% sure that he's going to be out on the field week one. He'll definitely be one of the anchors out there on the defensive backfield for the Cincinnati Bengals. They'll have some tough matchups, and the AFC is full of teams with some pretty elite passing games, and having Jesse Bates back there will be very helpful for this Bengals squad. So we'll take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about college football week zero. Yes, college football is set to return this weekend. When T-Mobile says we've got you covered, we mean it. We've invested billions to light up our best network yet, covering 99% of people in America, including right here in your neighborhood. And great coverage is just the beginning. Every year, families and small businesses can save up to 900 bucks versus Verizon when they switch to T-Mobile. That's right, save up to 900 bucks a year. And unlike those other guys, with our T-Mobile price lock, we guarantee we won't raise the price of your rate plan. With a network and savings like this, there's never been a better time to switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store and see if your family or small business can save up to 900 bucks when you switch today. Coverage not available in some areas. Savings with four lines based on analysis of Verizon and T-Mobile national postpaid smartphone bills. Rate plan features, taxes and fees and savings may vary. Price lock for rate plan, talk, text and data on qualifying lines. See details at T-Mobile.com. Tune in Friday night for the Athens County Game of the Week on Power 105. This week, Hudson Stalder and the Nelsonville York Buckeyes will travel to Newark's Whitefield to take on the defending Division 7 state runner-up, the Newark Catholic Green Wave. Join Carl and Cade on the pregame at 6.30 with kickoff at 7 p.m. on Friday. Nelsonville York, Newark Catholic, 
It's the Athens County Game of the Week on Power 105. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Welcome back to the Sports Fan. Cedric Granger joined by Michael Roth as we're getting to the latter part of our segment as we have college football week zero action. Yes, college football returns as we've got a couple of smaller teams matching up, but then there is one major game between two power five opponents that pits nebraska and northwestern and that game is going to be played in ireland which is going to be pretty exciting i went to ireland over this past summer and got to see the aviva which was absolutely wonderful and it'll be cool to see these two teams match up in such a great place to have a game we've seen games happen in ireland before a lot of notre dame games against navy in those series but nice to see two big Ten teams in there for a change yeah, it's interesting that for all the Ohio State fans that are obviously more inclined than watching the Big Ten, they're going to have to go across the pond to watch these teams in Week Zero. Uh, something I'm sure like people are going to be a little curious, what was the weather like in Ireland when you went there, and how much different do you think it's going to be than if this game was simply in Nebraska or Evanston? Yeah, when I went in May, Michael, it was just a lot of 50-degree type of days. Like, you needed to have at least a sweatshirt, maybe a full-on jacket for some of the days that we had, especially when we were on the uh, Cliffs of Moor. It was uh, me and my girlfriend, Emer, who I love very much. Shout-out to you. Uh, but we were walking on the uh, Cliffs of Moor, and you got the wind speeds and everything coming in. Dublin might be a little bit more mild, uh, but still, you can't expect the weather to be anywhere near what those summer temperatures are like you see in August in a lot of places around America. Got you. Yeah, that'll be interesting because Nebraska, they're a team who had maybe one of the most unlucky seasons in college football history, the amount of tight games that they lost going 3-9. and nine. I think they were, what, 1-8 and eight in Big Ten play, and they scored as many points as they gave up. That's just an unfathomable statistic to think that you played nine Big Ten games scored the same amount of points as your opponents, and you won one game and lost the other eight by the margin of victory that you won that one game. Just absolutely incredible stuff in the most heartbreaking way possible. Um, but Big Ten fans, you know you got an, another team that's going to be playing, and that's Illinois. They're going to be hosting Wyoming, and this is an Illini squad that kind of caught some people off guard last year. Um actually ended winning three of their last five games, uh, beat Penn State in that nine-overtime thriller. Yeah, that was something else. <laughs> that will that game will go down in history as, like, it was the first example of the, oh, we're just going back and forth, end zone to end zone, like, for a while now. Um, I remember watching that game uh, in Schoonover here, right here in Athens, and just, this is tremendous con content, just the whole, the whole overtime experience. They also won at Minnesota, and yeah, and they beat Northwestern 47 to 14. Uh, so winning 
three of their last five games, strong end Illinois season, uh, and they're 11-point favorites, so they will be looking to start their season off strong with a victory over Wyoming. So those are really the two games that caught my eye. Is there anything else that you're looking at college football week zero and you're like, man, I'm really dying to see how this team does? Other than that, not too much. There are some interesting matchups. Like I kind of like Vanderbilt at Hawaii. I always like the idea of a Power 5 team going on the road at Hawaii. It used to happen a lot in the 2000s, whether it was like USC going on the road late in the season to play Hawaii. It almost feels like a vacation uh, for these squads. But Vanderbilt, one of the worst teams in Power 5, usually year in, year out. So gives a shot for Hawaii to maybe pull off the stunner. It'll be a late night, 1030 matchup. On a Saturday, I'm going to be on RA duty, and whenever I'm on RA duty, I always love those late-night games. As That's something that I can at least have on while I'm waiting out the RA duty shift. Illinois, I'll say that this is their second year in a row in Week 0, and they have a chance to try to make it two wins in as many years as they defeated Nebraska last year, and quite a stunner. And like you were mentioning, Illinois, really a team that's starting to get things going a little bit behind Coach Brett Bielema. He's had a lot of experience in the Big Ten with the Badgers, and now he's getting it rolling with Illinois, and that's something that just makes the Big Ten a lot stronger when you have teams like Illinois or the middle class of the Big Ten continuing to excel like we saw last year. So should be interesting to see. And Nebraska, uh, like you're saying, a really tough year and had a lot of heartbreaking losses. I think of the Michigan loss, especially also the Iowa losses was also pretty brutal. But the only team Nebraska beat in the Big Ten, Northwestern. So maybe they'll have a shot to be able to start off the season with a win. If not, then they'll lose two week zeros in a row to Illinois-based teams. So we'll take our last break. As when we come back, we'll have a short trivia question, our hot picks, and we'll pull up and pass it over to the Cincinnati Reds. You're listening to the Sports Fan. Pool Masters of Athens has just what you need to keep your pool or spa up and running all season long. Head over to 1015 East State Street in Athens, Ohio and see for yourself. Be sure to switch to pristine blue for a gentler touch on swimsuits, hair, and pool equipment. It doesn't have an odor and it's low maintenance which makes it so easy to use. Have the Pool Masters of Athens take care of your pool or spa so your family and friends can relax and enjoy all season long. 1015 East State Street in Athens, Ohio. The home of the steak burger is open late so you can get the burgers and shakes you've been wanting all day long. Steak and Shake on State Street in Athens, Ohio is ready to serve you with the country's best, freshest, and tastiest burgers and shakes. Weekdays get half-priced shakes during their happy hour from 2 p.m. until 4. Find them at 741 East State Street or online at www.steakandshake.com. In sight, it must be right. Steak and Shake, proud supporters of Reds Baseball on WATH. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. made it to our final segment and we'll go quick the first thing i wanted to talk about was a short trivia question michael in the inaugural ncaa game in ireland can you name one of the first two teams to play in that game okay so for the record off air i guess notre dame and cedric told me i was incorrect so now i'm gonna take two separate stabs in the dark i have no idea who it is i'm gonna guess army and boston college as my two guesses wow okay it happened to be boston college and army uh, Boston College defeated Army 38-24. That game happened in 1988. Notre Dame is always the team that you'd expect to be that first squad. Boston College, too, a lot of Irish population in Boston, so a very attractive team to send to Ireland. Now we'll go jump into our hot picks. Michael, what you got? Uh, I'm going to take – I also 
am so stunned I got that correct. Like, literally, the only reason I said that was because you mentioned Notre Dame playing Navy. And I was like, for some reason, I think it's going to be Army. And then I was like, if Notre Dame didn't go over there, what, like, Northeast team would make the most sense to go over there? And I debated between Syracuse and Boston College. So a huge stab in the dark that I got right. Uh, I'm talking too long. I got Tampa Bay over the Angels. Angels owner just said that he was thinking about selling the team. I don't think this team is going to be ready to play. Give me the Rays. Cedric, what are you firing on tonight? Reds and Phillies. I'm taking the under hard today. As last time that Lodolo and Suarez matched up in a pitcher's duel, it was a 1-0 game. I think something similar happens tonight. Low-scoring game for the Reds and Phillies. Thank you all for listening to the Sports Fan. The Reds are going to be on next. And tomorrow you'll hear Carl, Kate, and Roth who will be hosting the Sports Fan. Thank you for listening and take care.